With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Lion of Vienna podcast. My name is Daniel Murphy, and I'm coming to you from the sunny French Riviera. And the only reason you're hearing my voice is because I have a incy-wincy, tiny little quite a big problem to tell you basically in the podcast to come one of the guests Alistair who you'll soon meet or if you've if you've listened to Talking Trotters you already have met basically his recording cuts out after 22 minutes so from there on in he suddenly disappears and he can be heard no more leaving just Chris and another new guest Tom to talk so there'll be no dead air don't worry about it I've deleted all that but it might not make it'll probably seem a bit weird when Chris asks Alistair a question and then it immediately cuts back to Chris laughing at what Alistair said. I'm sorry that none of us will get to hear those funny words, but there's literally nothing I can do about it despite all my best efforts. So anyway, I hope you enjoy the podcast and I'll see you soon. Now, play that bloody music. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 20 of your favourite Bolton Wanderers podcast in the world. Tonight, I'm joined by two new lads. We've got Tom and we've got Alistair. Tom, uh, you may know him under the Twitter handle of Cult of Wilson, has been writing for the site for about three weeks or so now, um, and has obviously made his presence felt early on with some excellent pieces. I highly recommend that you check them out. Uh, Alistair's a fairly new name. But one that I think is going to be uh, going to become quite prominent in the way things have gone. He's the the brains and the the beauty behind the talking trotters uh, piece, which we put up on the website yesterday. Which is a kind of a kind of love pod love pod zero point five, if you can imagine that. We're hoping it's going to be available to come out each Wednesday, and that will mean then that you've got some extra Bolton Wanderers content coming in your ears every single week. Uh, Tom, good evening. How are you? I'm good. Can't complain. How are you? Excellent. Not so bad at all. Had a pleasant weekend. Yeah, it's been alright. Lots of sleeping, not a lot of football, but that should change in two weeks. So. Yeah, it certainly should, and uh, and with a bit of happiness thrown in there, I'm sure as well. And and Alistair, welcome, uh, welcome to the pod, and thank you very much for your efforts of late. They've been uh, greatly appreciated with some excellent feedback. How's your weekend gone? Thank you. It's been good. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're off on a family vacation uh, tomorrow. In well, I'm supposed to be in the airport in twelve hours, so uh, it's all been gearing up to that. But no, managed to fit in some. Some podcasting in between that and got the show up. Good man, good man. Whereabouts are you going on your holidays? Uh, I didn't know this until yesterday night, but New York. Flipping heck. And then we're we're off to visit family in uh, in Montreal on a connecting flight. So uh, awesome. mm, Are you watching? uh, Are you watching New York at this minute in time as I am on on Sky? I think a bit of research for your holiday. Yeah, you and me combined probably uh, are higher than the total audience that are actually in New York watching New York right now. <laughs> but uh, I'm listening but, to yeah. all these teenage girls screaming whenever Pearl gets the ball. It's like a One Direction, <laughs> like a One Direction concert. It's fantastic. Oh dear. 
But no, excellent. I've been to New York myself. I got engaged in New York actually in 2013. It's a, it's a hell of a place. I'm sure you'll have a great time. And just remember your Thank friends you, at I the podcast to uh, to bring back a come some souvenirs. But no, it's great. Oh. It's really good to have some new new blood on the pod. Um, obviously, we've got quite a, a large cast of writers, which is something that I've wanted to kind of to bring in ever since I took over running the site about six or seven weeks ago. Um, all the usual content's going to be there as the season starts, but obviously with the different personalities, idiosyncrasies and well, interests basically, I think it makes uh, makes for quite an exciting season in prospect, but just thought it might be worthwhile, just give a little bit of an overview of yourselves before we start, I hope that's not going to put you on the spot too much, um, but in, in, a, you know, in a minute or so, starting with you Tom, how about you just run through your you know, your interest in Bolton Wanderers, how it came about, your favourite player, memorable match, you know, try and, try and keep it to 30 seconds to a minute and let us know a bit about you. Oh, yeah, um, lifelong Bolton Wanderers fan. Uh, the first Bolton match I remember was um, when we lost 1-0 to Arsenal in the FA Cup in 2005, I believe. Okay. I could be wrong on that. But, um, yeah, my favourite player of all time is Ivan Campo. My favourite player at the minute is Zach Clough. Of course. And, um, I, yeah, that's basically it. My most memorable match was probably when we beat Stoke 5-0 <laughs> um, in 2011. Yeah, no, that was a good one. To, a good one to to hark back to. And, and Alistair, about about yourself, I I'm trying to picture which part of Bolton your accent relates to, and I'm I'm struggling a little bit. Uh, a little unknown part of Bolton called High Wycombe, excellent, uh, which is uh, all the way down south. So I'm I'm a southerner, uh, at, well, really, uh, but my my love of Bolton comes from my granddad, uh, who used to be home and away, and uh, he died before I was born, and so. In in some ways, my dad's side, uh, I think it's quite poetic that I've kind of taken up the mantle. Uh, but I've only recently fallen in love with football after uh, my local church league team needed players before they folded. So I went around for the kick around and then turned out it was actually quite an enjoyable sport. <laughs> and now and now I'm here. Uh, my first game uh, was an away game. It was an away game at Reading in our second season in the championship which you may remember resulted in a 7-1 defeat. Certainly did. Uh, that was my first game. I even Jeez. dragged along two of my mates, uh, both Liverpool fans, who found the experience much funnier than I did. Uh, <laughs> and no, uh, best Bolton moment was probably uh, Mills's header when Chelsea uh, last season in the Capital One Cup. But no, I'm very new to, uh, to being a Bolton fan, and so... I can't hark back to the uh, to the golden days. This championship world is the only one I've ever known. You can't and, you uh, can't uh, you can't be held responsible for your age, Alistair. Don't worry about that. I mean, no. uh, <laughs> we've got twelve year old Daniel Murphy on the podcast most weeks, and and he doesn't remember anything back to last weekend anyway. Big shout out um, to Daniel, of course, who's left these technical technical responsibility of uh, organising the pod and recording the pod in my hands. So there's every chance this will end up in. Oh, the world's biggest clusterfuck but we're, we're doing our best <laughs> and it's very pleasant to have you both on like I said already so I'm not going to repeat myself for the third time um, there's been a two week gap between podcasts life got in the way um, Dan went on holiday and basically Dan's like the, the sort of granddad of this pod really that he organises everything to do with the recording and all the uh, all the show business I've not got a goddamn clue what I'm doing and I'm absolutely winging it but hopefully that two week gap will be uh, will be just be a one off um, I receive literally three emails saying where's the podcast this week and I think I had one Facebook message as well so it's nice to know that you you do miss us when we're not here um, we are going to dwell a little tiny bit on, on what happened in the week that passed but so much has happened in the preceding in the, uh, the following week sorry 
that we're not really going to spend that much time talking about what was uh, and we'll talk about what is instead. So we'll dive straight into it. It's been a bit of a funny week for football in general and with uh, with Bolton. We'll talk about Bolton more or less in, more in a second or two. Um, but the general world of football, obviously the transfer market's in full flow now. The most recent move, or the most imminent move, is the Di Maria transfer away from United to Paris. Um, my mate Zlatan, who I noticed gave John Terry a shiner yesterday, which is <laughs> all found by me, um, has been t- intimating that, that he reckons that signing could propel PSG to winning the Champions League. I'll come to you first on that one, Tom. Do you think Zlatan's just being Zlatan, or do you think it's a good signing? Obviously, it's going to be a good signing for the domestic league, I would have thought. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, th- I think Di Maria is a good player. I think people have this misconception that he's bad because his first season at United wasn't exactly, you know, groundbreaking. Um, I think it's going to be good for both parties. I think United getting Di Maria off their wage bill and getting Depay and I think Pedro is meant to sign for yeah, them. Yeah, I tell you, they're making it really hard to dislike United this season. Signing yeah. Schweinsteiger and signing Pedro, two of my favourite footballers, non-Bolton footballers, is... Uh, is a bit of a trick by them to make me to tempt me to uh, to pay more attention to United matches, Tom. Yeah, gotta to give it to them. Um, Di Maria, I think, I think Zlatan is right. I think Di Maria will fit in. He'll benefit PSG better than he would have benefited United if they chose to keep him. So yeah, that's that's my take on it. Fair dudes. Now, Alistair, what about yourself? I mean, uh, obviously, being in, being down south, you're a hotbed of hotbed of Manchester United supporters where you are. Uh, <laughs> I can only imagine that, that Di Maria is not really worked for him, has it, unfortunately? No, it, it's such a shame because he it showed so much promise and he was such a brilliantly gifted technical player and it just it just never fit, especially when um, he scored that goal at Leicester, the uh, chip of the keeper from outside the box in that crazy game. Oh, it's gorgeous, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, well, thought that there was really something special there, but it just it just never came through for him, and uh, it's the only logical way out, really. I think Man United just have to cut their losses and uh, try and focus on well rebuilding. I mean, they've signed new wingers, and uh, Depe, I'm sure, can fill the role that Di Maria was supposed to, maybe, hopefully, but uh, no, definitely going to be interesting to watch and. It's the only option they really have left now. It's shaping up to be an interesting season, isn't it, in the Premier League? I know uh, I know Chelsea haven't made any sort of big steps in as yet, and Arsenal, although they've signed Czech, have still done the Arsenal thing in trying the best to kind of make do with what they've got. Uh, but we'll see what happens. It's very interesting. I mean, just to finish off this little tiny mini, mini intro segment, uh, who'll win the Premier League this year, in your opinion, Alistair? Uh, I want to say Chelsea, but they've not been doing much. So as long as last time a team won the league and then didn't and then sat on their laurels and didn't sort anything out, they almost imploded and almost fell out the uh, Champions League qualification mm. spaces with City last year. But um, no, I think I'm going to stick with Chelsea because uh, they were just so they're so good at home, and that's a f- factor that no other team apart from Arsenal, who probably don't have the guts yet to go on challenge for the title no that's true even Chelsea so, even Chelsea doing their uh, their minimal to, to reinvest or to, to strengthen the team still probably stronger than 99% of the the, the division but uh, Tom what about yourself I'll also have to give it to Chelsea I think um, I think the squad is strong enough and Mourinho's um, um, ideology for the team is strong enough to give them a second title in a row um, did you two see the Mourinho comments earlier about 
other teams buying oh, the league. buying the league. Yeah, I just want to get your opinion. Yeah, that. is this the same Mourinho that spent nearly a billion quid in ten years on players? Exactly. It's mm. ridiculous. Well, I think that was just like you know Mourinho being Mourinho. Definitely, he's, he's one of them, isn't he? That uh, you, you love him when he's your manager, but most people find him to be a proper insufferable twat. Otherwise, yeah, <laughs> big time. But let's move on from uh, from the world of actually buying players for physical cash money, and we'll start talking about Bolton Wanderers. Nice little segue. Um, so yeah, while we were away, while we didn't pod, obviously we had the results, um, a couple of disappointing results in pre-season, but then things have turned around a little bit. We had a, a convincing win against Oldham last weekend, and um, last Friday I think it was, and then we also had a, a decent performance by all accounts against Scunthorpe United uh, this past couple of days ago too. Um, I'll say this to Tom because I think there's more chance. Did you happen to go to either of those two games? No, I was um, I was occupied. Um, I don't have any real... I've, I, I've never really been the type to go to pre-season games. No, I know the feeling, and it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? But yeah, so we'll, we'll only go off what we know then in that case. And I was quite interested to see that um, that Vela scored against Oldham. I think that's that's something that bodes well for the future. Him being pushed into a, into a more of a starting role, hopefully in midfield, means that he can get forward and use his attacking instincts. I know he's been compared to a kind of little version of Steven Gerrard from time to time, but... If he can add half the goals in his game that someone like that did, then it'd be a, a real boost for us, Alistair, would you say? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, but just as a quick thing uh, before we get into the Oldham game, have you seen that there were bees on the pitch and that delayed uh, Oldham's friendly yeah. with Blackburn? Yeah, I just thought that was very funny. Uh, but no, well, Vela seems to be a definitely. promising kind of guy and it's, I don't know... I'm not sure whether I'd rather see him play at right back to guarantee that he's going to be in the team or whether he get fewer run outs in midfield and play in his preferred position. But uh, no, it was a great goal against Scunthorpe. It was uh, quite well picked out and definitely in the right kind of attacking position, which is good because uh, we had to cope with Dan's and Spearing being out of... Um, out of their defensive position so it was good to see uh, confidence getting forward you wouldn't think you'd see Bolton players getting shots off outside the box the way we usually uh, just pepper the ball around without actually doing anything with it yeah I mean but, uh, famously it was under Big Sam wasn't it where he was, uh, there was that rumour going around that he would find players who had a shot outside the box because it was so statistically unlikely to, to lead to a goal that he found it to be a bit of a waste of time but Coming to you, Tom, on, on that uh, on that topic, I think goals from midfield are going to be crucial to going forward this season because we know our strikers in the last couple of years have been pretty pretty barren in terms of their return, and so to have goals from another source is going to be all important, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, if 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 the miracle happens and Lefondre doesn't sign for us for the five hundred quid that's been raised <laughs> with the fundraiser, um, I think the goals from midfield will be a big part of it. Um, I think Prattley, if he stays fit, he should get a few. Um, Zach Clough, I think he technically qualifies as a midfielder. Um, he can, for the purposes of supporting this argument, then most definitely. I, I think it's one of those ones where, you know, if we had every midfielder, if every midfielder scored five goals, it doesn't sound like a lot, then it'd be fine, you know, because we've had Nolan who scored double figures in the past, and that that's probably the last time it happened, I suspect. Um, do you, do you see any other candidates stepping forward in the midfield role, Alistair? Come to you first to provide those numbers. Obviously, we've got Spearing back. Uh, we've got Mido for the time being, and then we've obviously got the likes of Hall again momentarily, but we still have other people in midfield who, who should have an eye for goal, wouldn't you say? Uh, Clayton, uh, when he played for a small run last season before getting injured, seemed promising. Even though he was, 
I think he's supposed to be a left midfielder, left winger by trade, but he seemed to be playing behind a behind the striker against Wigan when he scored his first. But uh, he's quite versatile, isn't he? I think that's that's definitely mm. definitely a good thing. Yeah, that's something that we need because uh, <laughs> we need people to play everywhere at the moment, seeing as the holes we have in the squad. But no, I think a lot of our midfielders, apart from Prattley and then Clough, if we consider him a midfielder rather than a centre-forward, which is pretty pernickety, seeing as we haven't actually seen where he's going to be fitting in. But uh, no, it doesn't seem like Spearing and Dans are the kind of people that would be able to uh, to to score a lot. Our last few seasons' top scorers have been unlikely candidates. I think Eagles was once our club top scorer for a season. Yeah, he scored twelve in like... the first year that we got to, from the, the, the first year that we dropped down to the championship. Mm, a player like that is kind of what we need, but I don't know where to find one, and I don't know if we can afford one. But uh, <laughs> we need a player like Eagles. Oh goodness! But um, but no. Uh, Clayton would be my bet if there was any midfielder that's going to step up uh, when he eventually same. returns from injury I same. would go with him Would you say the same Tom? I mean I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in a full season because we said this on a podcast a fortnight or so ago I kind of lose track of him a little bit in the fact that he's not, he's not even played 10 games for Wanderers yet um, but he is obviously looked upon looked upon favourably by all Yeah I mean any, any player who can put the ball in the back of the net is in my good books <laughs> Unless she names Feeney, but um, that was an accident. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think goals from midfield will be big. Um, if we somehow manage to get, a, I mean, Medine, he could, he could step up. He's been doing all right in preseason. Yeah, and there's a really interesting, the really interesting um, article going up on the website tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow tea time, I think it is about Gary Medine, um, written by Matt Wood, one of our contributors, that I highly recommend everyone checks out. So by the time this podcast drops. It should be there for all to read. I think Medine's really, really interesting. I know we're kind of getting off topic a little bit, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in a full season. I've been, I've been impressed with him. I, I must say, I've, I've been surprised, really surprised, because um, I'd written him off. I don't even mind admitting him. Like, what we're signing Gary Medine for, uh, and then you know, it, it, like harks back to the Kevin David day, uh, Kevin David days, I guess, in that sometimes it is the one that you don't expect anything to happen. It ends up being the most important one. It's really interesting. Um, Derek Asadi, um we discussed him briefly in, in Alistair's uh, excellent Talking Trotters piece. Again, I highly recommend you all check out. It's on the podcast. It's also on iTunes, so it should be there for you to listen to now. Um, Derek, from hero to zero to hero again. Um, Alistair, do you want to just quickly run through your, your review of his early time at Bolton? And then you can feel free to repeat what you said on your own bit. Ah, uh, well, essentially, as we all knew, the the hysteria that rose when we signed someone from Real Madrid was fantastic. And in his first two games, which were streamed on YouTube, uh, he seemed to be quite confident and he seemed to be able to not quite lead a defence, but definitely managed to deal with most of the things that came his way. And then, of course, came his capitulation at Morecambe, where he... Uh, he awful back pass led to the, uh, the goal that lost us mm. the match. Uh, he also didn't seem to be, uh, you know, well, confident on the ball. Uh, he seemed to not have the same elegance that he had, and the balls that he played often didn't go to a white shirt. It wasn't, it wasn't promising at all. Um, but then it just came good again. It seemed against Oldham, he's come back, he's bounced back, just like Lennon said he would, and uh, he was definitely a lot better with Oldham. Uh, Devite and Asadi playing together was something that, well, at least I thought wasn't going to work, uh, but it seemed that they managed very well. 
in that friendly. Mm, definitely. Uh, especially with corners and whatnot, which is something that we have struggled with in the past. Definitely mm. agree with you. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him go, seeing him play. I hope it's going to be uh, it's going to be Reem. I would say Reem and Derek personally, from what I've seen so far. I think they both got the sort of composure that that makes a difference, and obviously. Derek's a big lad and he's not necessarily physically tall but from what I've seen of him he's, he's a strong mobile centre half and that's exactly what we've needed since the lumbering dinosaur days of, uh, of David Weeter and, and Dorian DeVee but Tom uh, going forward who's your first choice opening partnership at centre half for the first game against Derby in yeah in, in a fortnight's time well I would go with um, DeVee and Asede as centre back I think Reem is is a better fullback than he is a centre back in all honesty. I think he puts in much stronger performances at fullback. So that's what I'd like to see. I've not personally seen much of the Osadi and <clears throat> Devi partnership, but um if it I mean if the reviews are good then I have to go with that. Definitely that's all we can do, isn't it? We'll just wait and see what happens on the opening day. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess that just leaves us with Stephen Dobby to talk about a little bit. Again, he's, he's come out of nowhere and perhaps suffering from the same sort of reduced expectation of Gary Medine. Uh, he also had the same response from Bolton fans as why we signed him. But Stephen Dobby's got a, a great track record in, in getting teams out of this division. He's a solid championship player, uh, for whatever that means. Um, and we'll come straight back to you, Tom, on that one, keep you on your toes. But I'm, I'm all for that signing. It adds good... Good numbers, good experience to the squad, and I think it's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah, I'm all for people who are, you know, for the cause for getting us out of the championship, going up out of the championship, of course. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think if Dobby is the the workhorse that people are saying that he is, then by all means, give him a give him a deal. If you ask me, definitely. Would you say the same, Alistair? Uh, yeah, I, I don't see why not. Uh, we're in no position to be refusing strikers. Um, but no, he's, he's been playing well, and it, there's no reason why we shouldn't. The only d- concerning thing is his age, but then again, that seems to have gone out the window with some of our other signings, so uh, so what the hell, why not? Exactly, it's a squad game, isn't it? And we, and we can't grumble about age when we're talking about uh, about Heskin. Obviously, we had Ida there at the same time last season as well, so we wish him luck in, in China. Uh, not so much luck as Edward Bolton, obviously, but we'll just call that a quick day then for that segment. Um, nice and brief, nice and quick, and then we'll come back in a moment or two to talk about the latest Bolton Wanderers news. So, listeners, stay where you are. We'll be back in just one second. Okay, welcome back to uh, to Love Pod Twenty. That's right, we've been going for twenty weeks now. Blimey, O'Reilly. So that's what four months, five months. Flipping it. Right, Bolton Wanderers news in the past week. Like I said, we're going to have a little bit of news relating to uh, the week that we missed on the podcast. Apologies for that, but. We're going to try and keep it fairly, fairly topical. Obviously, there's been quite a lot happening now. Um, we're only a fortnight away from the season. Squads are starting to be put together, and we know now roughly who's going to be filling on uh, in the white shirt on the opening day against Derby on the seventh. So we're going to have a new captain, Darren Prattley, the Super D Pratts, the man of the million back heels, man <laughs> of a thousand memes, Super Darren, call him whatever you like. Um, but Darren Prattley is captain. I don't think there's anybody in the whole world who's upset about this. Is there? Um, come to you first, Alistair. No, not at all. Um, as I said in the other show, is that we didn't think we'd see the day. But uh, no, he's 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 come good. Uh, he's definitely a leader. Um, if you know, even this pre-season, the evidence is just needed at him starting an unnecessary fight in our uh, in our pre-season <laughs> tour. But no, um, still my greatest Darren Prattley uh, memory was his attempted scorpion kick in our FA Cup game with Wigan this year. Oh, yes. Uh, Never to be forgotten. That was my first uh, game at the Macron, Reebok. Yep. Uh, 
11 Wonderful. hours of train, 80 quid of train fares, uh, just to see Darren Prattley go over on his face after trying wow. to do an out-of-the-box <laughs> scorpion kick <laughs> in an FA Cup game. Well, if you ever wanted an image to sum up supporting Bolton Wanderers, mate, it's throwing money away on a shite football team with players who barely know how to put one foot in front of the other. It's been, it may well have been a recent thing for you, but trust me, it's been about the last 30 years for me. And it gets, doesn't get any better. It probably won't get any better. Um, Tom, practically captain, I don't think anyone's that bothered, are they really? I think it's the right decision all around. Yeah, no complaints. Absolutely no complaints here. Um, I, think I, used, I used to be on the, uh, the Prattley hate train. He's, I've done a 180 on him, like you know most Bolton fans have, and for the right reasons too. He's definitely proven himself to be a you know good player, puts the ball in and and a good good leader. So. Definitely, I, I don't think there's going to be anybody grumbling about that particular one. I think he's got the right characteristics. He's experienced enough, and also he appears to have a bit of bite about him as well. He's a leader, isn't he? We saw him steam into that uh, to that little melee against Sturm Graz. So yeah, all good for him. I'm looking forward to him coming out. And probably tripping over his own feet when he tries to do the first coin toss, but that would be Prattley, wouldn't it? <laughs> we'll, we'll move swiftly on um, to something that I really don't really want to talk about that much because I, I still can't decide how I feel about it. The Adam LaFondra, exactly Adam LaFondra crowdfunding thing. Is it is it just a bit of fun or is it as fucking lame as I think it might be? I, I, I really and, and I say that with great respect for the per, the people that have got involved with it, the people that have done it, because obviously change. Change never happens by people sat at home doing nothing. People like me sitting at home sniping about the whole thing. He's at, this lad's actually gone out and tried to do something. Got a bit of exposure as well about it. And probably made a few more people aware of just how skint we are. Um, but Alistair, to start with, it, it, tragic or just a bit of fun? It is just a bit of fun at the end of the day. I, 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 yeah, absolutely. We're only one step away from bucket shaking. But it's, it is just a bit of fun. And I do admire his pluck um, to, to get it this far. I, I must say, though, my favourite moment in the whole thing was when somebody put some money down and then two minutes later nervously posted a message saying, what happens to it? What happens to the money if we don't, uh, if we don't get Adam LaFondering? Maybe they've not thought that through. But, but where do you stand on this, Tom? Is it, is it outrageously disgraceful, stupid and, and tragic? Or do I need to grow up a little bit and just let someone have a bit of fun? I mean, anyone who follows me on Twitter knows how I felt about it. <laughs> um, I thought it was just ludicrous. I mean... The ha- the hashtag free ALF was fine, you know. I could I could appreciate that. It's just, um, th- I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I feel like I give the impression of sometimes that I don't want Lafondra back at Bolton, which is the complete opposite. I do. Like if he came back tomorrow, I'd probably you know, run around my street naked all day or something. But you don't need to do that, mate. Trust me, you don't need to do that. Just a simple <laughs> a simple tweet congratulating everyone for raising enough money to sign Adam Lafondra. The one the one the one positive I will take away from it though is the fact that he actually tweeted the link out. He did. Don't, don't he it, seems so. really, really keen, doesn't he? He's not. I, don't, yeah. I still think he's got. Hasn't he got his Bolton Wanderers um, profile photo? Is him in his white, his white kit anyway? So yeah, it's still. Uh, you know full well what his mind is. Uh, his, his mindset is going into this. He wants to move. We all want the move. It's just a question of finding the beans in it to do it. I mean, one one thing that they were supposed to be coming up to help that happen was was sending Rob Hall to MK Dons. Now, I don't know about you. I thought he'd already gone. To be honest with you, I thought he'd already gone. I thought we'd finally got rid of him. But obviously not. He's still hanging around like a bad smell. Um, but we've got to try and get bodies out, and he's definitely one we can sacrifice. Uh, Tom, I'll flip it straight back to you. Hall's got to be one of those ones that we can bin off, hasn't he? Well, I mean, uh, I, I'm a bit of a Rob Hall evangelist, if I'm honest. You're gonna have to explain I, I can that. See the be- I can see the beauty in his game. He always, you know, when he gets the ball, he runs at the goal. Whether or not the end product is good or not is a different story. But I think he does. He has shown little glimpses in the past of being a good player 
and you know I, at, <laughs> at the current state our club's in I just hang on to that but, True, it's know. not an embarrassment of riches, is it? But I guess we haven't, at the same time, got particularly uh, got a lot of assets that we can dispose of without we're weakening the stream substantially. I mean, we've seen other other teams in the league who are signing, you know, Jordan Rhodes for twelve million quid, Stuart Downing six million quid and fifty grand a week wages. You know, we're we're scrambling in the uh, in the whoops aisle at Asda at nine o'clock at night on a midweek, aren't we? We're we're the students ferreting around looking for looking for cheap bread and stuff like that. Just harking back to my own uh, my own recollections. Um, but Alistair, MK Dons, uh, Rob Hall, it, it's going to happen, isn't it? And I think it's something that, we, that we, no one's going to shed a tear. Yeah, he's got, like you say, he's very very willing, very uh, very keen, I'm sure. But at the same time, I, I don't think he's got the strength, either of character or, or physically, you know, literal or metaphorical. I don't think he has. Um, one winger that we have been linked with to sign in the last couple of days is uh, this lad Brandon Barker from Manchester City. Now, I was speaking to a City supporting friend of mine earlier on today, and he was just basically... Excelling his virtues beyond words, he was just saying how, how how impressive he is as a youngster. Nippy, tricky, only little again, but someone that the City fans are really keen to get some first team experience. Tom, do you know anything about him, or do you think it's interesting that we're you know the, the approach we're taking now by starting to go to to these bigger clubs and taking some of their lesser lesser players? By which I mean players who are not going to play every single week. Do you think that's a, a decent sort of method we can go across? Well, I've absolutely never heard of the lad before we got linked to him. But, I mean, if if he's from City, um, I mean, I don't think anyone can complain, really. Um, if he's better than Fina, then I'll take him I'll take him tomorrow. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think, yeah, I think it's good. I think we should be looking to the Premier League teams because, you know, the Championship is largely, loans do play a big part. So I think if we can convince Premier League clubs to, you know, Lenders a bone. Agreed, Alistair. Throws a bone. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I, I think it is. A, I think it's a very sensible approach to take in this day and age because we know Chelsea and City and United, whatever you're hoarding these these youth team players. There's going to come a time, Alistair, wouldn't you say, where they're going to want first team football, and we should really take advantage, like like we did in a manner of speaking with uh, with Yanko, say the Yanko last season. Definitely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean. It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because we're, we're balancing the book so often. Every single signing has got to have, you know, I can only imagine Neil Lennon's pros and cons column for every single signing. He must run to thousands of pieces of paper. Um, Lee Camp was linked linked to us as well. Did you notice that the the former Nottingham Forest and Derby goalkeeper currently, or formerly at Bournemouth, I should say. Um, but then we also had a French under twenty one goalkeeper. I think his name was Bastian, who who, who played the other night. Um, are you bothered about who we signed as a subkeeper, or are you surprised by Lennon's insistence on? Diverting funds towards a, a number two keeper behind Amos, um, Alistair. I'll fire that straight back to you. Do you think that's a priority, or, or would you be looking at, at you know getting the outfield position sorted first? Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Ben Amos hasn't really played much football in his career, so I, I can't imagine he's going to be breaking down with injuries, meaning that we need to have a, a top class and you know moderately more expensive number two goalkeeper. I, I don't see why we need to do anything on that front. Fitzsimmons did did well for himself against um, Sturm Graz in the friendly. Thought he was really good. To be honest, I was surprised with how impressive he was. So, in my opinion, and I will come to you to see what you think, Tom. I don't see any any reason really. I think the money could be better spent elsewhere. Would you say so? Yeah, definitely. I think the goalkeeper position is more or less sorted. Um, it's not optimal, of course, but it's it'll do. So I don't, th- I don't think there's a real need to go sleeping elsewhere for a keeper. Definitely, definitely. Um, speaking of uh, goalkeepers, obviously we we saw Lee Turner leave the club as well. The goalkeeping coach. He's moved to Charlton Athletic. Um, I think he's a southern boy as well, so no doubt wanted to, to disappear back down there. Um, 
so we, ha we have got a goalkeeper coach this minute in time. It's Tony Warner. He used to play for Liverpool and Millwall uh, amongst about 10,000 other clubs. Uh, so we, he's got a contract for the IPL, the Indian uh, Indian Football Premier League, coming up in September. So there's a chance that we won't be able to have a goalkeeping coach from September onwards. Obviously, the names you'll see, Fred Barber, Keith Brannigan, etc., have come back. Uh, and goalkeeping coach is an important position. Um, do you think there's any merit in, in trying to tempt Yossi back? I know our friend Mark Isles has said it's very unlikely, given his preference to continue playing. That, that's Yossi, not Mark. Um, but Alistair, um, Yossi, Fred Barber, Keith Brannigan, goalkeeping coach is essential, isn't it? I think Ben Amos is going to play a part in that. Any disagreements there, Tom? Uh, no, absolutely not. Um, I think Alistair hit the nail on the head there. Um, I think he is the best choice. Um, I'm not really clu that clued up on you know, the coaching side of Balloon. So, you know, it's true, and that's really something, yeah, and, and that's that's something, isn't it? Where you, you know, as fans, where, where, how far involved do you get? I mean, I've I've done the thing over the years where you're pouring over the accounts and you're getting really concerned about that kind of thing. And I've taken a, a little new new tack myself in the last few weeks of I'm just trying to just ignore it now, just concentrate on the football and, and what happens off the field is none of my concern, really. I, you know, if I was that mad on accountants, I'd have become an accountant, you know. I, I like football, I like football, I like talking about football. What happens off the field, what will be, will be. So let, let's try and enjoy that. And the same goes for the coaches and what have you now. Obviously, we've had the thoughts about who could come in. And yeah, it'd be lovely to have Yossi in. But I don't really give a toss who the goalkeeping coaches at the end of the day. It doesn't affect my life. As long as the goalkeeper can catch a ball and stop it going in the net, that's all I care about. Um, yeah, so just to move swiftly on, got a couple of little tiny bits and pieces to finish off on it. And you've mentioned Laurie Wilson already. Uh, so we'll not dwell on that particular one. Been a bit annoyed with Tim Ream, you know, lads. Been a bit annoyed with this. He's, he's barely, barely featured. And he's been all the way over in the States. So no doubt he's had a great time. You know, been doing his uh, his cheeky Nando's, whatever they've got, the American equivalent, cheeky Chick-fil-A. Um, but he's going to he's gonna come back having played only about three games all summer and not had any real Bolton Wanderers-based fitness, uh, fitness regime, which some people might argue is a good thing. Um, but Tom, um, Ream's lack of, uh, lack of involvement in the first team over the summer, does it bother you at all? It is a little annoying. We, we like to see our boys doing well for their country. Um, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't know who the other USA centre-backs are, so I can't really compare them. Well, I'm gonna, I'll Google it real quick. Um, if, you know, if you want to throw the question to Alistair, you Definitely. Um, Alistair, um, Ream's lack of involvement, is it going to be a problem, or do you not think it matters one bit? Well, the States, the US are known, aren't they? I mean, it's, it's always been a, a stereotype, I guess, of the teams are always physically fit, if nothing else. So I guess he's not going to be sat there twiddling his thumbs doing nothing waiting for these uh, these gold cup games to play he is going to be involved he is obviously going to be doing things on a on a physical basis and so we can just hope can't we just hope and pray we know he's Lennon's keen on him so there's no chance of him coming back I don't think and not being involved maybe on the bench of the first game but like we said previously beggars can't be choosers we've not got that many defenders have we um, so it may be a case of it playing him even when we don't want to but that's all been very illuminating we'll have a little minute or so break just because I want to finish my drink and we'll come back and we'll play Guess Who with Tom and with Alistair to complete novices at Guess Who so bear with us we shall be right back okay we're back and it's live it's Love Pod 20 and it's Guess Who now because of the situation involving Tom and Alistair being first timers on the pod I'm going to put them on the spot and I'm going to make them play Guess Who while I read out the, uh, the, the quiz questions now as you all know you very faithful listeners to the pod this is where we, re we review the career of a, a former Bolton Wanderers player. It uh, could be past, could be present, we're not sure yet. And the lads have to try and guess who it is. You've got five, there's five clues, and you've got to shout your name if you think you know who that player is. So are you both ready? Do you both understand the rules? 
Great stuff. Great stuff. So, in sponsorship with nobody, all segments are open for sponsorship. Let's go. I was born, not me, the player was born in December 1983 in Ealing, London. My first side was Chelsea, although I never made a first team appearance for the club. Anything, no? No. Okay. No, it's fine. That's why. The, that's what the clubs. Are, that's what the uh, the clues are all there for. I didn't make a professional first team appearance until two thousand and six, at the age of twenty three. I didn't play at a level higher than League One until two thousand and eleven. Sorry, two thousand and ten, when I signed for Everton on a free transfer. Tom. Um, Julian Bedford. Ah, oh, well done, well done. And this now is a segment where we're going to run through our favourite Jermaine Beckford moments of his Bolton Wanderers career. <laughs> Alistair, you've got five minutes to fill some time. Al- Jermaine Beckford, hero, villain, or do we just not give a shit? <laughs> Nothing positive whatsoever. Tom, can you find something deep in your heart for to to, to look back on Jermaine's Bolton career with with a you know with the slightest little bit of um, of happiness, or was it just a grand grand waste of time? I remember we played Birmingham and it was televised on the Sky and he scored the opening goal and the inter- and you know Sky interviewed him afterwards saying you know he scored a goal that's that's good and all that and I remember no I, I remember saying to my mum that he has a really nice smile he, he, he has a lovely <laughs> smile lads you need to realise you're this. trying to put your mum trying to put, set your mum up with Jermaine Beckford is that the person <laughs> she, she wasn't having any of it no. trust me. Um, so yeah he, he has a nice smile. Feels better the fact that he was absolute dog shit for us for three years and he scored what ten about only about ten twelve goals in (laughs) fifty odd games. But in the words of uh, in the words of Tom Wilson, formerly of the line of Vienna Sweet podcast, he had a nice smile. So thank you very much for that one. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, that was guess who? We lasted longer than I thought we'd last, uh, given the fact that and I confess I completely forgot we were doing that segment and I was just reading Wikipedia out on the hop. But no, well done. One point to you, Tom Alistair. Try harder next week, please. We're not going to have a break in the next segment. We're going to dive straight into the Twitter question of the week, uh, which was, and I'm sure you all saw this, are you at all worried about our chances of staying up this season? I'm going to come to you lads both in a minute or two to get your ideas. Um, But we'll start from scratch. Now, one thing I've been meaning to say each week was, I don't think a lot of people know that Line of Vienna have got a Facebook page, yeah? We have. Go to Facebook, search for Line of Vienna Suite. We're on there. There's a lot of content that we put on there that's exclusive to Facebook. There's a lot of things on there that you might miss if you don't like us on Facebook. Plus, it'll stop me getting an email every week from the bosses over in Seattle saying, your Facebook numbers are atrocious. So do me a favour, like our Facebook page, uh, answer the question, everything's posted on there. Like I said, plus some new stuff as well, so check us out. But so, from Facebook, first of all, Matt Shaw, in response to the question, no, as a lot of the current squad will have found their level, we will rebuild, bounce back up and maybe win some silverware. Hall, Trotter, Feeney and Devete will seem like world beaters. So kids, don't, yeah, stay off the beer, kids, stay off the beer. Very nice if that happened, but then again, pigs might fly. Thomas Hill, no, if it happens, it happens. Season ticket prices should drop if we drop a league, hopefully. So Tom thinking of his own pocket there rather than the rest of our happiness. Um, Podcast pioneer Gareth Cunliffe Chase, as long as Moxie and Feeney are in the team, I will never say I'm not worried. Very, very true. Uh, and to finish, Ian Firth, if some of the numpties on the Facebook Bolton official site are to be believed, we're already down. Personally, I think we'll be okay, and I'm looking forward to the new season. 
on a subject of Facebook, and I really don't want to flog a dead horse, but that, have either of you two been on that Reebok Raw Facebook page? Don't do it. I've not. I've not even heard. Oh, yeah, I, I've heard. I've heard over years that it's it's full of not right, basically. Yeah, uh, and I thought, no, I'll give it a go. Give it a go. You know, give it a chance and so on. Give it a chance in the way that I'm not prepared to give that Adam LaFondra fun thing a chance. But I lasted, I think, about a week. Um, I think it was the post that someone put on that, that we shouldn't look to Zach Clough as being our saviour because we've got other better players like Medine in there. No, complete and utter not right. But that, 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 I digress. Uh, from Twitter to answer the question, David Hallsworth, no, not at all. We have enough quality in the team for a comfortable mid-table finish. Neil Lennon needs to get the best from them. I think that's the opinion that I'm most uh, most in agreement with. Um, oh, I'm going to scroll too far down. One second. Dino Riccardi, yes. If we have injuries like last year, keep players fit and we'll be okay. More firepower and depth, however, is needed to push on. Very true. Uh, BWFC reviews and news. We haven't got a name for that person, so I'm not sure what we'll call them. But their response was partly, club needs heavy investment. The championship fixture list looks hard and there are no easy teams anymore. Very true. Um, Chris Merrill's long-time fan of the site. See Merrill's BWFC for the first time ever. Yes. Players need to really become a team and work for each other more than ever. Tom Malloy, our academy and under-21 team expert. Currently I am, but a couple of signings in this league is the difference between a rele- between relegation and a top-half finish. So there is some positivity in there as well. Uh, Chris Bradish, no, unless Lennon leaves. Even with this squad, Lennon should see us in mid-table. Yeah, so fair enough, common theme coming through there. Uh, Marcus Mari, my favourite Derek Assetti impersonator. It's so difficult to say where we'll end up next season. The first five to ten games will give us an idea. That's true. Our our start the last two or three seasons has been so pitiful. It's left us on the back foot from the yeah. It's left us on the back foot from the very start. So let's hope that we can uh, we can turn that around. A couple more to go. Matthew Williams. I am worried. Yes. Although I think we should be okay as long as the injury curse doesn't strike. So again, a, a recurring theme there. Sam Longworth with the, the short and sweet. No more chance of us going up than down. Again, don't do drugs, kids. Uh, Ginny Hadfield. So for the cat's mum. No. If that was going to happen, it would have happened last season, but Neil Lennon pulled rabbits out of hats, and I think he will again. Mark Weaver, we can do with Alf back or someone to fire in the goals. Also, I think Medine and Dobby could be good signings. Now, Mark had a, a second stab at it there, and I think future stars Clough, Clayton, Amos, and Derek, mixed with the experience of Prattley, Wheater, and Spearing, will be fine. So, a bit of a mix of opinions there. Um, not too many doom and gloom merchants, which I was half expecting, to be honest, given the fact that we're all Bolton Wanderers fans and it's in our very, very nature. Um, but, Tom, to come to you first, are you bothered that we'll go down or do you think we'll be all right? And do you want to give us a quick prediction as to where we'll finish in the league? I think I think worried is a strong word. Um, I think it's always at the back of, as a Bolton fan, mm. it's always at the back of your head, relegation. I think, but then again, with the championship, I think any supporter of any team would be lying if they said otherwise. Um I don't personally think we'll go down this season. Am I worried about it? Um, I'm not worried so much more as I am mm, apprehensive. Is the word cautious I was about use. it, maybe. Yeah. Um, as a prediction, I'd probably, I'd probably give us, I'd say t- maybe 11th or 12th. I think that that sort of region. I think we'll just finish. Yeah, right I middle. think that that's that's quite a common thread. I'll give you my opinion in a minute or two. But Alistair, where would you, uh, where do you think we'll finish? And do you have a, any sort of fears that we'll be going down? Definitely, and, and my own thoughts are not too far away from both of yours at the at the same time. I I should think that if we can keep Lennon, keep Clough, then yeah, you know, ten tenth, twelfth, maybe something like that. I think that would represent a reasonable progression. Just a season being away from the stresses and strife of relegation would be would be enough for me. 
Um, my biggest panic is is Clough. I think we're going to struggle if he starts this coming season in the way that he uh, he started last season when he when he made his uh, his debut in the team. I can't see us keeping him beyond January. The best we can hope for is that maybe a tide will take us take him back on loan to us, and and we can enjoy him on loan for another six months. But I think his departure is going to be key. Let's hope it's uh, we can drag that out for as long as we possibly can. Um, but no, great. Well, we'll we'll, we'll close the uh, we'll close the podcast tonight, lads, with that. Um, before we do go, um, any other business that we've got to discuss, such as uh, I want Alistair just to give us a minute or two about your new project, which we're going to champion on the on the podcast. It's a kind of like I said before, it's like a kind of love pod point five effort. We're going to be bringing it over to you, hopefully on Wednesdays over the course of the season once he gets back from his globe trotting. But do you want to just give us a quick rundown as to what your plans are, Alistair? What it's going to be, uh, and and just give people a bit of a, a bit of a teaser. Very warmly received as well. Very warmly received. Had some excellent feedback on it. You set your ha- you set your standards impossibly high Understood. for the second episode. I'll say that much. Well, thank you for that lovely thought of you perishing in a plane crash somewhere over the Atlantic. It's it's the safest way to travel. I really wouldn't worry about that too much. And, and yeah, and ha- having listened to the uh, to the the, ep- the mini episode or mini sode, whatever you want to call it, um, pre- before we started tonight, I think it's really good, really positive, really promising. And, and like I said, you've set the bar far too high. You should have done what we did in the early podcast where people are sticking with you out of a bit of sympathy, really. And then you hit them with the good stuff like we've done tonight. But I'm really looking forward to seeing how it, uh, how it develops and, and I think you've got, you're onto something there. Um, so, Alistair, then, just to finish off, where can people find you on the internet if they want to follow you or be friends with you or leave you alone? Fantastic, and we appreciate you coming on the pod tonight. Uh, Tom, no, you're welcome. Tom, where, where can we find you? Uh, for some reason, you want to read the, the read the stuff that's flowing through my brain. Um, on Twitter, I am at Cult of Wilson. Um, yeah, I tweet just <laughs> don't we all, don't absolute we all. bollocks. On there. Um, it's not very, it's not don't very worry, intelligent stuff. So, yeah. I, I I was out yesterday in Manchester. Went out with the wife on uh, on the beer, and I, I came back. And this morning, I looked at my Twitter page, and, and I'd realised I'd posted the lyrics to the opening theme of The Wire yesterday. I don't remember doing that. Um, so. Yeah, so if you want to talk about tweeting bollocks, just just pay attention to mine. Uh, I'm at Matt Nineteen Manning eighty three as usual. Um, the mi- normal mix of of the stuff going in my life: football, telly, beer, sweets, anything you can think of. Really, it's all there. It's all part of it. So thank you all for listening. Thank you very much, lads, for your uh, your appearance tonight. It's been really good. Let's see if we can't get this uh, finished successfully by uh, sending the email with the file on it to Dan over in France on his holidays. Dan's going to hopefully edit it all together and we'll have the pod out for you at the regular time. Um, so, yep, that just leaves me to say we'll see you at the same time next week, same back time, same back channel. I've been Chris, he's been Tom, he's been Alistair. Thank you very much for listening and good night.